Hello, ladies and gents. This is Casey Campbell, and you're listening to It's Tempting. You better buckle up. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of It's Tempting with me, Casey Campbell. So first off, let's address the fact that I took a week off, you guys. I was consistent as hell, and I did. I took a week off a little unexpectedly because for any of you that follow me on social media, you know that I've been kind of living the nomad life. I've been all over South Florida, switching Airbnbs. I've been stressed about finding a long-term home because it's freaking expensive here. Like I left LA because LA is expensive. It's just as expensive, if not more expensive here. And I did. I found a place that was perfect and it was month to month and I was like, fuck, I have to move in immediately. And all the times that I could like move in and get my keys weren't working with the studio time that was available. So shit happens. Um, I let you guys all know on like I want to say almost a full week before, but still there were some people that didn't know. So that is why I took a week off. You guys, I officially moved into a permanent place in South Florida and I am so fucking happy and relieved and like stress-free now. Thank fucking God. Um, also on that same note, you guys, you know me, I'm a no bullshit kind of girl. Okay. And I'm going to call some people out. So even though I took a week off, I was responsible. The second I realized that I wasn't going to be able to put out an episode because of my move, I put a really nice thorough story on my personal and it's tempting Instagram. Okay. Let you guys all know what was up. I let you know the schedule, what was going to go down. There are people that had the audacity. Okay. At first I'd be like, okay, maybe they missed the story. Like no big deal, but they have the audacity to like be in my DMS and be like, where's the episode? Or like in my comments, where's the episode? And then I, I click their little profile and I see that they don't even follow the pod. So I have news for you guys. I've been in this game a long time. I've been in the social media media game a long time now. I'm not new to this world. If you are commenting and DMing someone's Instagram that you do not follow, you're a hater. Period. End of fucking story. I don't got time for it. If you're not a true fan of the pod, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> okay? Either follow and be a fan or get the fuck out of here. That's all I have to say about that because that is what that is. I know what that energy is. Oh, I'm turned up today. Can you tell I've taken a week off? Can you tell I'm a little spicy? Um, but no, really, like I was like honestly so annoyed because at first I was like, okay, like maybe like they missed the story. And then I looked more into it and they literally don't even follow the Instagram. They're just and every time they DM or comment, it's always like, where's the pod? Where's the pod? It's like, OK, well, follow the Instagram account and be like a true loyal fan and follower and you would know what was going on. So I don't got time for that energy. This podcast don't have time for that energy. OK, I love that I have haters because it's like keep talking shit. You're making me famous and I live by that. But at the same time, just like don't ask where the pod is if you don't even follow the fucking account. Right. Am I wrong? I don't think so. So I'm just calling those people out. Okay. If you want to know what's going on with the pod, if you want to stay updated, then be a fan and follow. If you don't, then get the fuck out of here. Okay. I don't need you. I got plenty of other people. Okay. Let's lighten it up a little bit. New schedule and expectations, you guys. So now that I really am in the grind, I've got my new house. I'm in the new routine of things. I kind of know 
how my life in South Florida is working. Mondays no longer work for me because I definitely go out on the weekends. I'm not going to lie. You guys, I have events. I have photo shoots. I'm doing shit. I'm making shit happen on the weekends and trying to edit an episode and get it to you guys at midnight on Monday is difficult. So we're going to do Tuesdays at midnight. So not that much different. So the new episode day is Tuesdays at midnight every single week. If I ever do need to take a week off for like Christmas or anything like that, I will definitely give you guys plenty of notice. I'm never going to spring it on you. So for the foreseeable future, Tuesdays at midnight is our new schedule and the expectations is every single week. Tuesdays at midnight on the two main platforms are Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I think I'm on other platforms as well, like iHeartRadio and stuff like that. But those are the two main ones. Okay, you guys, disclaimer, we are getting farther into the season. And again, you guys, we all need to remember this is a reality show. We do not know the full extent of these people's lives, who they are, what really went down on that island. It is nothing personal. I am just judging you guys and basing my opinions on the footage that was provided to me. So please don't get offended I promise if we met in person, we would shoot the shit and we would be homies. Like, it would be great good times, okay? I am literally just basing my opinion off of what I'm watching, okay? So, I just want to put that out there because shit is getting a little wild. Um, Okay, I am wearing these, like, fancy little gloves, you guys, because I'm like, oh, uh, I got to have a little fit moment, you know? Every week, you guys, I'm, I'm putting out the fits, But I'm not going to lie, I can't really like scroll through my notes with these, so we're taking them off. So if you watch the YouTube video, I'm taking off my gloves and glitter is flying fucking everywhere. Um, But it's a vibe, I'm not going to lie. The gloves were a vibe. Um, Okay, you guys, if you've listened to other episodes this summer, you would know that this episode is brought to you by Love Shop Toys. You guys can check them out on Instagram at loveshoptoys or loveshoptoys.com. They have everything your little heart could possibly desire. I'm talking lingerie. I'm talking little costumes, little role play, little sex toys, bondage, BDSM, whatever the fuck you want. It's a hot girl summer. It's a city boy summer. We're getting a little frisky. We're getting a little naughty. You know, we're snatching souls. <laughs> that's that's the energy we're on. By the way, this is all coming from a girl who literally doesn't leave her house and doesn't have a roster. But you know what? <laughs> I, I can still sell some sex toys because I use the shit out of them on myself. Ain't even gonna lie. The rose, I've talked about it once. I'll talk about it again. Small but mighty. That shit will do things to you. Also, the lollipop I recently gave a try. It's like a double whammy. I'm not gonna get into it too much on here because it's, it's fucking wild. But go look it up and see what that little guy does. You ain't going to be disappointed. So if you want to join me this summer with getting yourself off or having someone get you off or whatever the fuck you're into, go check out Love Shop Toys and please use code TEMPTING for 10% off. That is code TEMPTING for 10% off. Okay, you guys. Let's get into it. I'm not going to have guests on for a little bit. I may have one guest on, but we're going to try to get caught up, you guys. I think episode seven is airing soon so we're gonna try to get up um caught up as quickly as possible so I'm finishing up today's episode I will be finishing up the last little bit of episode three of Temptation Island season five and I will be recapping episode four as well so episode three where I left off was Vanessa sees Rob um in her clip at the bond on the bonfire and he is already thinking of leaving without her 
So she says that she needs to digest that for a moment. There's definitely tension in the room or the bonfire. And she says, the nerve. And that's a direct quote. And then she casually says with a smile on her face, Mark, I will walk over to that house and I will knock him upside the head with a shoe. Whoa. Like low key. You, it doesn't matter that you're a woman. Like that's still like abuse. Like you can't hit someone upside the head with a shoe. Like I don't know why like they put that in there honestly as production because it's like really not okay domestic violence. But you know what? Production will be production. Uh, Mark's face is yikes because he's probably thinking what we're all fucking thinking. She says she's not playing with him. She thinks it's insulting and disrespectful that he would say he's going to leave her when he had no intentions of that before they got there and gave her no hint that that was a possibility. She says, I feel hurt. I feel betrayed and I feel upset. And that is a direct quote. Mark then asks her, by the way, I think Mark handles her in bonfires so well. I will say that. Mark asks her who the last person in her life was that allowed her to break down and be vulnerable. And she gets emotional and says, Mark, I'm not going to do this with you. And they have their little back and forth. And he's like, we're already, you're already doing it with me. I was dead. This fucking guy. He's just like in over his head with this girl, but he's handling it well. She says she's had that before, a relationship where she can be safe and vulnerable And it's refreshing to feel protected and to feel safe. And I'm not going to lie, you guys. I really do like when she gets real and soft and vulnerable like this. I think it's such a good look for her. And it just, it shows that there's definitely some more, some more to her. And I like it a lot. And don't we all want that, honestly, what she's saying? Like, we all want a relationship where we can feel vulnerable and safe and protected. And she says that she hasn't found it since she had it last. And then Mark says, you get to have it all. That means you don't have to be a one-man band stronger than anybody. And I love that because that's so relatable. That's something that I really struggle with. Like, I'm so, like, hyper-independent where it's almost affecting my dating life because I just, like, don't know how to depend on anyone because I'm so used to doing everything myself but I like so badly want to be able to just like take a back seat and like be with someone that's like really in their masculine energy so I can really be in my feminine energy it's a thing that I'm definitely trying to conquer right now so I was glad he said that because it's super fucking relatable because it gets really old having to be the strong one all the fucking time like it just would be nice to have someone be strong for you and I think as women with the way guys are in our generation now like that's very relatable He reminds her that she's allowed to and deserves to have that safe space and relationship again. If you don't want to fight, I'll fight for you. And I thought that was a little odd because it's like you can't like Mark love you to death. I know you care about them, but like you can't fight for that for her. Like she needs to she needs to get it together and like figure that out on her own. Like that's not your job. You know, like you're you're a TV host. You're like our TV dad. Like that's amazing. But like she needs to fight for that for herself. Okay, it's Maricela's turn, and her clip is Chris talking about how put together Abby is and how she's checking all his boxes, and then it pans over to them having that crazy lap dance, and Maricela, she admits that she's told him many times that she may not be the perfect person for him, and then it directs, quote, hey, if you find somebody better, then go for it. And Mark immediately notices that she said the word better, and he calls out the word better, because it's come up with them and their situation quite a few times. And Mark asks if she, if she thinks he can upgrade to someone better than her. 
She admits that she's not where she wants to be mentally, emotionally, financially. And honestly, I love how she can admit that and she can admit that on national television because it's admirable and it's relatable. We live in a world right now where everyone is fronting, okay? Everyone is pretending they have their shit together, they're all together mentally, emotionally, financially. Everybody's perfect. Everybody's living perfect fucking lives. And it's like this highlight reel on social media and it makes everyone feel self-conscious because nobody is actually put together. Everyone has shit they're working on. Everyone's kind of a hot mess and we're all just pretending that we're not. And I think more people should come forward and be like, you know what? No, like I have shit to work on. Like I want to get my finances in order. Like I want to get my mental health better. Like my emotions are not good. Like I'm a commitment phobe, like blah, blah, blah. Whatever it may be, I just feel like the more people that were just like straightforward and honest like that, it would help more people come forward about it. And then we all wouldn't just be fronting and living these fake little lives. Okay, rant, (laughs) rant over. But I did. I thought that was awesome and admirable and relatable. So Mark says, he asks her, he's like, how much, if you had to weigh it, are you looking for his approval of you? She kind of thinks for a second and says a lot and says it's always been like that. He's always there pointing out issues with her and telling her what she should fix. Yikes. She says, I go to fix that issue and then it's the next issue. And honestly, girl, like, Anyone that's been in that type of situation before, it's beyond exhausting. Nobody is perfect, and that is absolutely no way to live. Like, run for the freaking hills. She says that she's always working to be what he wants me to be. And I just put in all caps, like, no. Like, truly, when you're with the right person, like, I just went on a rant over how we all are flawed and like none of us are perfect and we all have shit to work on. But when you're with the right person, they're going to love you no matter what. They're going to love you through your imperfections. They're going to understand you. They're not going to want to change you. Like obviously like if you're in a healthy relationship, like work on yourself and try to be better, but they're not going to want to change you. And I think that's really, really important and that's absolutely no way to live and that's not a good relationship and you shouldn't be in that type of relationship if you ever feel like you need to change yourself obviously if you have like toxic behaviors and like something like that like yeah go to therapy and work on yourself but you and who you are as like a person no there's someone out there that's gonna love you no matter what period Mark asks her if she hears how that sounds and if it feels good to say it out loud. And she admits that it does feel good to say it out loud and, and says, this is a direct quote, you'd be surprised how many people are willing to love you exactly as you are. Um, oh, no, sorry. I fucked that up. She admits that it feels good to say that out loud. And then Mark tells her you'd be surprised how many people are willing to love you exactly as you are, which is what I literally just said. There's someone out there that's going to love you imperfections in all period. They're going to think your imperfections are perfect. Dang, that's God, I'm just dropping knowledge like a few minutes in. But seriously, though, like if it's really right, like they're going to love everything about you, even the imperfect stuff. Um, she admits that she feels like they won't, that she's not going to find someone that's going to love her no matter what. And she knows that that's self-sabotage facts. That is definitely self-sabotage. She's emotional why she's saying that. And she says it feels good to talk about, even though it's not easy. So their bonfire is over. And honestly, Vanessa is just a walking contradiction. She says that she's pissed and wondering why Rob stays if he's so embarrassed and ashamed of her. But wasn't, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't she literally just, like, at the kitchen table, like, talking shit 
about him basically telling all the single guys that she doesn't bring him around her friends or puts their relationship on on display because she's embarrassed they will think that she settled like girl you're literally doing the exact same thing and you did it first so that's the thing I don't like about her it's like don't be a hypocrite (laughs) you know like pick a lane pick pick a freaking lane it's one or the other but you can't have it both ways So now it's the guys driving into the bonfire and per usual, it's dramatic as fuck. We got the music, we got the slow motion like torch, light the bonfire, you know, the whole vibe. Great is nervous and he doesn't think he's ready to see what Paris is up to. Hall says he's scared to death. And then we find out it's Chris's turn first. It's Maricela and she's crying, saying that she took the first step and finally got away from Christopher and she's scared of disappointing everyone back home. And he literally has absolutely no reaction to this clip to the point it's honestly kind of terrifying. Like there's literally not one single emotion. It's just a blank ass face. It's like resting bitch face, but not even that because there's no emotion on it. It was fucking weird. And I noticed that immediately. He says he saw her being real with herself and her feelings and she had no choice but to detach herself. A million question marks I put in my notes. Mark asks what the heck that means because same. Like I was like, what does that mean? I need him to elaborate. He says that Maricela wants to be alone at times but doesn't act on it. She wants to be free and doesn't want to have a set of rules to live by. Mark asks if she has rules for him, and he says, absolutely, and she has a lot of rules for him, and he quotes where I'm at, who I'm with, what I'm, what time I'm coming home, and honestly, like, isn't that kind of normal? Like, I don't really think that's rules. I think that's, like, you've been in a relationship for two years, and you guys live together, and, like, when you live with someone, like, it's not like you're being annoying and, like, nagging on them, but it's like, hey, babe, like, what time are you coming home? Like, what are you doing today? Like, That's just like what happens when you're in a long-term fucking committed relationship. I wouldn't call those rules. I would call that communication. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. He thinks the rules just apply to him and not her. Mark says her making such a bold statement that she's finally away from Chris is a lot for him to hear as an outsider and he's wondering why that isn't a lot for Chris to hear and truly like I think that's a bold statement too because she was like sobbing snotty face like I'm finally away from him like that's pretty wild like if you're in love with someone and feel safe with someone like why the fuck would you say that you wouldn't so Chris says that it's not a lot for him to hear he's used to her creating space without any communication and he wants to share He wants her to share with him so he knows what's expected of him. And he believes it's not in her nature to share. This whole thing sounds like someone trying to say the correct thing. Like that's the vibe I was getting from Chris. It's like he's not saying what he's really thinking. He's saying what what he thinks sounds right and good for TV and for Mark. He says that before him, she felt like she always had to be the rock and emotionless, that she doesn't want to burden someone else with what's going on with her. And Mark does call them out for being codependent because that's literally what that is and it and says it takes a lot of real love and self-awareness to fix that. Snaps Mark. Mark with the knowledge, the wisdom. He's been in that marriage. He knows what's up. So now it is Great's turn, and it's Paris saying she's ready to risk it all. (laughs) Tajik is giving her a lap dance, and it's the infamous quote, no cameras, I would suck his dick. The guy's faces, LOL. 
And truly, that really was so insane of her to say. Like, every time I hear it, it shocks me even more than the first time. And even it gives me even more reason why I don't think they are a real couple and they're actors. Because it's like, who the fuck says that? Like, I actually really like her a lot, but it's just, that's wild to me. Like, I don't know. I could never say that about someone I was with. Like, I could never be with someone that I want to be with and then be on TV and talk about wanting to suck someone else's dick off camera. Like, ever in a million years. Like, that's just shit's fucking crazy to me. Um, And at, when that clip is aired, Rob just, like, immediately goes and, like, holds great shoulder because, like, L-O-L. And that is the end of episode three. Woo! Ladies, are you ready to make the men in your life beach ready and turn their grooming game up a notch? This summer, give the gift of the Beard Hedger Pro Kit from Manscaped. With this game-changing tool, they can shape their beards like true beach babes and make heads turn wherever they go. Visit manscaped.com, use code TEMPTING, and enjoy 20% off and free shipping. Surprise your favorite guy with the ultimate grooming upgrade and show them some love with Manscaped. So let's talk about the Beard Hedger Pro Kit, because a lot of it is awesome, and your man is going to love it. So first off, the trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives him 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard. So that's pretty dope. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to like practice this on someone. <laughs> like, I want to try out the different lengths, trim someone up, see what's going on. Um, so let's see what else we have about this little bad boy. It's waterproof. So he can shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink. I, I'm not going to lie, you guys. Like, that's one of my biggest pet peeves, like, sharing a bathroom with a man when they shave and, like, their fucking hair is all over the sink and all over the counter. So that's really fucking awesome that they can just do it in the shower. And then the Pro Kit does not in there. They have created four dermatologist-tested formulations for post-trim care. What is included in that, may you ask, is the beard shampoo and conditioner. It is designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, replace natural oils, and promote beard health. There's also a beard oil. It helps relieve dryness, which we love that. We don't want anyone with dry skin. That's not sexy, and we want our beach men to be sexy. Also, Beard Balm, a pomade that shapes, styles, moisturizes, and tames for a sculpted look. Because I will say that's like a game changer because I've never really been a beard girl. But however, I've recently been around men who actually take care of their beard. And that's all the fucking difference in the world, ladies. Okay? I'm telling you, it can go from scruffy and like not so cute to like scruffy and sexy. Like I want to like nibble on that shit. That got a little weird, but I ain't going to lie. I just want to like... What is wrong with me? I might edit that out, but maybe I fucking won't because that was funny. Rawr. Okay. The, um, the Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. Trust me, ladies, he'll be looking like a whole new person. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code tempting at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code tempting. Manscaped Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 links. All righty. So episode four picks up where great's at the bonfire. You just saw the sucking dick clip. <laughs> 
great, seems embarrassed. And then he says he is embarrassed because that's supposed to be his girl. And he says her acting like that makes him look bad. He says, and this is a quote, he never trusts anyone 100% because it's just setting up yourself to get hurt. Yikes. He said he's curious what she's like when he's not around and he finally sees what she's like and calls it nonsense. But I'm just a little confused because I thought like your guys' whole storyline is the fact that you're the one that's cheated on her multiple times. But, you know, I'm just the bad guy pointing that out. (laughs) So... (laughs) I mean, bro, like, dude, you did this shit to yourself. Karma's a bitch. Mark says it's natural and logical to not fully trust someone, but that means the relationship can only reach a certain level. And then he quotes the next level, which is great joy, but also has danger. And I do love that because I really believe that's a huge problem in our dating world right now. I think everyone is scared to be vulnerable. And that's why everyone just like stops at surface level, friends with benefits, hook up relationships, because in order to have true love and like the real fucking deal, you got to be vulnerable. And that's terrifying because being vulnerable also means you can get your heart broken but you know what like you can't like you got to risk it to get the reward you know and I just believe in that I just feel like if you've had your broken once or twice and like you've gotten through it it's like you'll get through it again it doesn't mean you should stop trying to fall in love you know and find the happily ever after if you've gotten through heartbreak once you can get through it again and I strongly believe in that Rob's turn so his clip is Vanessa saying that she lowered her standards and doesn't want to put their relationship on display and then it's her telling Bryce everything she wants to do with Bryce husband and wife in this bitch (laughs) Rob sighs and he says it's scary that he's relieved after he saw that he sees how bad of a match they are he's so much happier distancing himself from her and he says, every day I'm looking lighter, every day I'm looking better. And let's just take a moment just to discuss what leaving a toxic relationship does for your overall energy and physical appearance. Because I am a living testament to that, you guys. When I was on TI to this day, like I I have a hard time watching it because I literally, I know I'm a beautiful girl, but I am so not cute on that show like and I know I'm not at my best and I'm so skinny and so unhealthy and just it's everything about it and I just look tired and drained and like there's no fucking life in me and that's literally because I was in such a toxic relationship and ever since I've been out of it like I hear it all the time where I don't even look like when people see me in person they're like holy shit like you literally don't even look like the same person and that is a testament to leaving a toxic relationship I I almost call them like vampires it's like when you're in a toxic relationship it's a vampire they just suck the fucking life out of you just drain the life out of you and they're gonna keep draining the life out of you until you literally cut them off so this is him finally kind of realizing <laughs> what he can look like and what he can feel like not being in a relationship like that He says that he's happier being himself because he doesn't get to be himself around her. Yikes. We don't like that. We want to be ourselves around our partners. It's Hall's turn and it's Caitlin saying she's enjoying herself so much and feels like she can talk to him for hours. And I think she's talking about Mike in this clip. 
and that it's dangerous. Hall has a super weird look on his face, but he says he's relieved and he's shocked that she's taking this as serious as he is. And Mark calls them out with wanting to know if Hall is relieved because since he has something going on now, Caitlin also has something go on going on now. Mark says it may be ugly to say it, but let's just call it like it is. And damn, Hall seems really genuine when he says, I found a really special woman really fast, and he's been desperately looking for someone like her for a very long time. He says that when he asked Michaela about kids, she lit up the way that he lights up, and he's never experienced that with Caitlin before. And it's very, very clear that kids in a family is a very, very big deal to Hall. And I, me personally, like I can't relate to that. I've been very open and honest about it. If I ever fall in love and like the person that I'm with like wants to have a family, like I I would be more than happy to like have a kid or two with him. You know, I think that would be cool. But like, I'm not the type of person where I'm going to be brokenhearted if I don't ever have kids. If I'm just like a cat lady, if it's just me, Nova and Vixen for life, like I'm going to be good. So it's just interesting for me as someone where it's not that big of a deal to me. It's interesting for me to see someone where it's literally just like so fucking important. Like this is all this man talks about. So Mark points out that if he would have gone forward without realizing all of this, like if he would have gone forward with Caitlin without realizing all of this, that everyone would have been miserable. And Hall says he does not want to be miserable. He's so grateful for this opportunity, but it is happening a lot faster than he thought. And he's so grateful Caitlin brought him here. Mark does tell him to slow down a little bit and keep in mind that there is more to this than having kids. And he says, I'm just saying the idea of auditioning a handmaid ain't really it. Whoa. Okay. I had so many. So I've been behind on episodes because my life's been crazy in Florida since I've moved here. And I was getting DMs like I can't wait for you to like talk about like Mark's handmade comment and like low key he kind of hit the nail on the head because it is kind of fucking weird. Like you just met this girl. Like I know how fast like connections can form in that house, but I also know how short the little amount of time he's actually known Michaela and having kids like reproducing and like creating a human life with someone that you are now responsible. People say it's 18 years, but I don't believe in that. Like my mom and dad have taught me like when you have children, like they're your responsibility forever, you know, like they're your offspring, like they're your, they're your life. Okay. For him to just be so like always talking about kids with this girl he just met, it's a lot. Okay. And I, it would freak me out. I'm not going to lie. It would freak me out. I'm a strong believer where I just think like when you're dating someone, you just like don't bring that up like right off the bat. Like that's something that you talk about once you've like really established like you guys have like real feelings for each other. You want a future together. I just don't think you need to stop, talk about like pro procreating <laughs> like right off the fucking bat. So I'm glad Mark said that because it is giving Handmaid's Tale, okay? It's fucking weird. Also, that show is terrifying, you guys. I was so into it because it's such a good show, but it literally gave me so much anxiety that I was having to, like, take breaks during the episodes, and I finally got to the point where my anxiety was so bad I literally can't even watch that show anymore because it's just 
fucking terrifying. Like, oh, I could never, it could never be me, you guys. I would be one of those handmaids that was like so fucking defiant. I would either be killed or like have a hand cut off or like an eye taken out. Like there's no fucking way I would just like sit back and like take that shit. I would have been murked right off the fucking bat. (laughs) Okay. Murked or an eye gone. Okay. There's no fucking way that I'm just like laying down and taking it. Like, no, dude, absolutely not no yeah I I would I'd be fighter for sure okay back to bonfire Mark announces that tomorrow there is a group date and every single is going to be going on that date before the day day is over um before the day is over they're going to send people home great says oh shit and then Mark lol you'll live you'll survive typical Mark trying to lighten the mood of this traumatic ass experience um okay So then it pans over to Hall in the confessional and he's admitting that he's very confused right now because he really does want him and Caitlin's relationship to last. But continuing to get to know Michaela is scaring him because she is everything that he wants in a woman. I'm not going to lie. I know I just kind of went off on him about the Handmaid Tale situation, but I'm starting to think that Hall might be a good guy and Caitlyn is a good girl and they are just not right for each other. And he has genuine feelings for Michaela. And... He just seems genuinely confused and upset because I am comparing it to my own situation and I recently watched my season with Nicole and I'm comparing it to like my ex and like how he talked and like we all know what's wrong with him and his personality disorders again not a doctor but my personal experience and then I'm watching Hall and the difference is like night and day like one is an actor and one is someone that's like genuinely torn up over the fact He's committed eight years of his life to this girl, asked her to marry him, and it just, she might not be his person. And he's realized that he may have met his person. And I don't know, I feel for him. He seems genuinely upset about it. I'm getting, I'm getting genuine vibes in this moment. Okay. I had people slide in my DM saying he gets worse down the road, but in this moment, I'm getting genuine vibes and I'm kind of, I feel for him a little bit. So the girls get back from the bonfire and all the single guys have roses and wine and chocolate and fruit for them. Super cute. The single guys want to know what happened at the bonfire and Caitlin speaks up first. She opens up to them about how Hall has found a girl that also wants a family and that was the clip that she saw. She also thinks that Hall can be very selfish and stubborn because he wants it right now and it's his way and there's no talking about it. If that's true, that's not cool because like I said, having kids is a really fucking big deal and it definitely both people need to be on the same page and there's no room to be selfish or stubborn about it. Maricela, she tells the guys that um, in her clip, Chris is talking about how Abby is checking off all of his boxes. She seems really annoyed and the single guys do seem surprised by this. She's telling them like, oh, like Abby wakes up early. Tajik's face. Tajik always has like a crazy face that the camera pans to. They also seems like it's a weight. They also think it seems that a weight is lifted off of her shoulders just the way that she's talking. Maricela says that it sucks being in a relationship where she feels less than or like she always has to work on the next thing. It's not up to me to fulfill his dream of what he expects in a woman. I don't need to keep feeling less than. I'm good and I will be good. Yes, bitch in all caps is in my notes. Go off, queen. Hell yes. I mean, there's really nothing more that I can say to that except fuck yeah. So now it's... Paris and she's tired of being sad and just wants to have fun now which is on brand of her we're at the guys villa 
everyone is in the hot tub. Tammy is talking about how this is the most desperate she's felt in her life. LOL. Tammy says she feels like she's been taken out of her character because she has to act so aggressive like in this environment. Chris wants the girls to tell them what they all want from this experience. And he's being serious as hell about it. He's like, I want to fucking know. Like, you can tell, like, he he's he's a serious dude. And then Abby comes out of left freaking field and says they all want him to be more authentic. Okay, drama is a brewing. Uh, yeah, that really came out of left field. She says she really wanted to connect with Chris, but the more she talks to him, she thinks he has a lot of issues he needs to figure out. And honestly, I'm so intrigued like when I was watching this because it feels like some shit went down at some point that we don't know about, like off camera. Like I just don't know where this is coming from. I don't know if it's just like people are drunk and people are saying their true feelings because I'm a strong believer like drunk what you say drunk is like your sober thoughts like I will die on that fucking hill hill like I think being drunk or high or whatever it may be brings out what you really want and what you're really thinking so I'm wondering if that's what's going on I don't know she says I think you're a bit of a sweet talker and I think you thought all of us were going to fall for you and then there's like a sudden music change it's like dun dun like literally it got dark it got dark quick then they start going back and forth. He says he's authentic. She says he can't take criticism. They disagree on this. She says she cares about him. And Rob is just shaking his head. Great's mouth is just open. And then she says, quote, I know you don't care because you're rude to me. And I, I just said it, but I feel like I missed 700 chapters because like truly where is this all coming from? It like really went from zero to 100 and I don't understand where this is coming from. Chris is wondering who she is to say all of this. And he says, I'm just a guy who can articulate his feelings and you're not used to that. And he's pissed. He accuses Abby of starting things and says, respectfully, this is about how he chose Alexis for his first date. Camera pans to Alexis's face. <laughs> LOL. This poor girl is just lost. She like she has no expression on her face at all. She's like, what the fuck is happening? And then Abby, she's drunk as hell. It sounds like she's slurring her words. And she, and she says that she doesn't care he took Alexis and it wasn't a big deal. Then she says, trust me, I was feeling you. And then I realized you're a narcissist. Okay, you guys, I've said this in past podcasts. And again, I'm not a doctor, obviously. I'm a D-list celebrity. Wow, I'm a Z-list celebrity and... I'm a podcast host, okay, and I'm an influencer, so I have no credibility at all whatsoever. However, in my personal experience, I was with a narcissist slash sociopath for a decade, and I have my own little PhD in this department. You guys, I've said it once in past podcasts. I've said it more than once, actually. Calling someone a narcissist, a sociopath, a psychopath is an extremely extremely severe accusation okay and I it really pisses me off how common it is nowadays people just throw that fucking out there because yeah a lot of people suck and it's not just guys that suck I have news for you girls suck too okay we're all out here cheating not me I've never cheated on anyone but we're all out here cheating on each other we're all here playing game we're all being assholes we all have rosters again not me (laughs) 
I sound like such a fucking pick me girl right now. But no, really, like I, I'm not any of those things, but I'm saying our generation and our society in general, we're all being the fucking worst to each other. And we're all being fuck boys and we're all being fuck girls. I have been a fuck girl and I've had my fuck girl moments. Okay, I will say that. However, someone cheating, someone being a fuckboy, someone being a fuckgirl, someone playing games, someone not acting in a way that you want them to act does not mean that they're a narcissist, okay? You guys, if someone is truly a narcissist, a sociopath, and a psychopath, what you are saying is that they are a predator and that they are a danger to other human beings. And I can't, like, I'm about to get so fucking real. Well, I just did. You can't just go walking around calling someone a predator and a danger to other humans, okay? Like, that's fucking crazy. And I just, I have to put that out there because I don't know Chris. I don't know what she experienced. But for her to just throw that out so casually, and this is like a trend I'm seeing nowadays on social media in general. It's like, everyone's a fucking narcissist. He cheated. He lied. He's a narcissist. No, dude. It's so much deeper than that. It's so much more serious than that. They're a predator predator and a danger to, to society if they're actually a narcissist and a sociopath and a psychopath, any of those things. And I'm, I'll die in that fucking hill if you ever want to like DM me and like let's chat about it. But we got to stop throwing that out there because that is not a cool accusation to say about someone just because you don't like their behavior. And that's where we're going to leave off on that because I just kind of went in. <laughs> but it's very, it's a sensitive topic to me and close to my heart because Unless you've actually been with someone, you don't, you can't be out here just dropping that shit. So he says, it's really irrelevant and you don't know me. And honestly, kind of facts. She says he's not honest and that he can't handle the fact that someone doesn't want him. And I will say if she survives this elimination tomorrow, I'll be shocked at this point. He says it right back to her and she replies, honey, you wanted me. Again, Alexis's face, LOL. That would literally be me in a moment like this because I just like I I wouldn't even know what to do or how to act in this type of situation. And I will say last week, um, me and Deke, we kind of spilled the beans that there was supposed to be a single spinoff. And on top of that, while they were casting for the, the single spinoff, people that were they were choosing for the single spinoff, they were also considering to be surprise singles on season four. Deke he obviously got picked to be the surprise single in the girls villa and I'm not gonna lie I was kind of salty that I wasn't picked to be the surprise single in the guys villa but now looking back and I see how this show is and what kind of singles that they're choosing and production knows me very 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 well okay they know the real me they know temptation island they know me in and out okay I just think they know I wouldn't have been good for it because they know I'm not gonna partake in this type of shit you know like I'm just gonna stay out of it like I'm gonna be in my own fucking lane like I ain't bringing drama like I ain't having threesomes like I just think at first I was like a pissed and annoyed that I wasn't chosen but then I was like you know what I think I need to take it as a compliment because they know I just like ain't that bitch you know what I mean? Because I would be Alexis in this. I'd be like sitting in the back just like fucking annoyed. I would honestly probably have left the jacuzzi. Chris says, yo, I'm out. And then they ask him if he's leaving, leaving and tell him he can stay if he wants and like say what he wants. He says, I don't have to explain myself. I have a girlfriend and I'm leaving with a girlfriend. Again, low key facts. He owes this these girls like absolutely nothing. And I think that's like definitely going over their head. 
and all the guys are quiet as fuck just looking over the edge of the jacuzzi as this whole thing happens they're all just like not partaking and then abby finishes it off because i don't want you she tells him he can leave and she doesn't even want him and then nafisa i think brings up how she didn't want this energy and it's getting weird and abby admits she's pissed off so we're still in the guys villa and we're in the kitchen at this point great says they need to get better at body shots and practice laughing my ass off hall says he's a wild man and great wants to involve whipped cream quote that would be nice he thinks they need to spice things up and rob says we haven't been licking enough people in here lol i need to lick some more people he's basically saying like great needs to lick some more people that's what great wants Great's in the confessional and he says he's decided he's going to start the day with the mindset that he's single and not hold back. Oh dear. It's a new me now. It's going to be a fun day and I'm super excited. See, this is the thing though. It's like I just, I hate when people like decide that they're now going to like cheat and go all in when they see what their partner is doing. It's like be your own fucking person. Like that was one thing that I was like, I could never relate to because it's just like just because like your person is acting a fool like doesn't mean you should or gives you the green light to act a fool like stay in your own character you know and like your own morals like I don't understand why like retaliation is such like a thing so we're over at the girls villa and um Sebastian is they're all in the kitchen Sebastian he's telling um Caitlin getting married especially when you're not sure is a really big ass deal I put let's discuss in my notes because this is like a thing that I've really noticed where the two things are happening nowadays either one nobody's getting fucking married anymore period or two People are getting married, but it's just they're so fucking casual about it. It's like they're just like, oh, we've been together a few years. Like we kind of fucking hate each other and our relationship's toxic as fuck. And like we fight all the time and we low key. I think I just said low key hate each other, but like let's get married. (laughs) You know, like let's get engaged like that. (laughs) Marriage is fucking serious. You guys like that is like you are taking someone off the market for life. You're committing to protect them till death do you part in sickness and in health. Like I just don't think people really understand how serious that is anymore. Like you're committing to be a ride or die to, to that person like through it all through the hard times through the good times. You're going to grow together. You're going to learn about each other while you're changing and growing and you're going to have kids together and a family and like that's a big big ass fucking deal and I just think we're way too casual about it. There obviously there's exceptions to the rule and there are happy marriages out there where people are like so in love and it's meant to be. But that's like the that's the exception of the rule nowadays, unfortunately. I just it really bothers me how casual people are about marriage. Sebastian says um, so he says that that all that whole spiel and Caitlin admits that why that's why she's here because she wants to make sure she says that she's a thousand percent that she wants to marry Hall, but it's scary to think about what comes after marriage. And this is a direct quote. Okay, we get married, then what? I shouldn't be nervous or scared of that. Literally in my notes in all caps, no, you shouldn't. He's just not the guy, like bottom line. Like you got to listen to your gut, baby girl. You guys are holding each other back from your actual person and your future. She's emotional saying this, but truly like, because I've been in this situation and anyone in a long-term relationship that like broke up, after a long time like years like I'm talking like five plus years with someone 
I bet and it's hard it's hard to admit this because it's like you knew the whole time but like I knew in my heart and my soul and my gut like deep down inside I would ask myself all the time it's like there is there more to this like is this is this what love is really like it's like if you're asking yourself that in a long-term relationship you're not with the right person and like it's not fair to you and it's not fair to the person that you're with because you are holding yourself back and them back from your future and your actual person and their actual person because your future husband and their future wife or vice versa is out there waiting for them and waiting for you and you're just taking your sweet fucking time with this fucking idiot well maybe they're not an idiot but they're just not your person and you got to let them go so they can go find their person okay because <laughs> I, I that's just what watching this I'm just like you guys just aren't right for each other and you both know it in your heart and soul because I've been there and I knew it in my heart and soul and I didn't want to admit it to myself because it's scary when you put in that much time with someone but you just and you know it's not right but you're just like fuck I spent all this eight fucking years you know but you got to let him go you know you your person's out there waiting for you and his person is out there waiting for him and the longer you guys are together, there's a lot of people that aren't happy. Um, she says, why am I not super excited to plan this this wedding? And I put Vanessa with exclamation points because she just like popped up. I feel like during this whole episode, she didn't get much like crazy airtime so far. And this um, this episode's like doing her good. And Vanessa makes a good point and brings up how she might not be excited because he's already ripped that security from her in the past, which is kind of facts. Like he did blindside her with that breakup. So maybe that's why she's scared to like pull the trigger. But I don't think so. I think she knows in her gut and her heart and her soul that he ain't right for her. I think she's had that little thought in the back of her head. Like there's got to be more than this. And she's not listening to it the way I think me and her can relate on that. She should slide in my DMs. <laughs> okay. Um, Sebastian, he says, if you were my best friend, I would be telling you every day to leave that guy. Wow. They all let her know she shouldn't have taken him back to begin with. And then he, Sebastian, again, he's just with the quotes right now. If he makes you happy and you think he's going to make you happy, then by all means. But if there's doubt that you're going to be happy, then that should trump everything else. The fact she says really to that. Like, I just have no patience at this point. Like, you're smarter than this. Like, I know you might be in denial. I, I think you're in major denial, actually. But you're smarter than this. Like, if you if you have doubts about being happy, like, obviously he's not the one. Like, come on, baby girl. Okay. So then we pan over and the, <laughs> it shows, like, this row team. There's, like, three rowboats and there's, like, a bunch of people in each rowboat, like, on the ocean. At first, I thought that was the fucking group date for a second and I literally laughed out loud because that's, like, the most. I would be, like, if it's, like, the four dudes with, like, all the single girls, like, rowing their fucking hearts out, like, they're on the, like, Harvard row team, I would fucking die. So I did. I laughed out loud, but then I was, like, okay, never mind. It was just a little B-roll footage, which, like, for production speak, B-roll footage is, like, clips of like the landscape or the surroundings in between like each scene so but anyways it was like a wild sight I was like damn like they got them rolling out there okay 
So the girls are going on a group date and it's fishing with the guys. This is really cute. And I do love that like production is finally getting everyone out of the house because in past seasons, like if you didn't get asked on a date, like you did not leave that fucking house for like a month. Okay. Like you were in that villa. You were up in that bitch. (laughs) Okay. Like losing your mind. So I think it's kind of cool that they finally got everybody out. Caitlin is excited to see which guys come on stronger than others. And then a single guy asks Vanessa to hold his rod. LOL. I think it's Mike Zappa. Bryce is helping Maricela with her cast. And I just, I have to talk about my irrational fear of like fishing and the cast and the hook. Okay. So you guys, I have absolutely fucking zero explanation for this. I've never had a traumatic experience. I've never had an experience with this. I don't know what the fuck it is. Okay. But whenever I'm like around someone who's fishing or like I see someone fishing on a TV show, I have this irrational fucking fear of what when they whip that shit back, like the, the, hook and the line like the hook is gonna grab the side of my face and like rip my fucking face off (laughs) okay it's like an intrusive thought I don't know what is wrong with me it's a bizarre irrational fear every single time I'm around someone that's fishing I think that that's gonna happen to me don't know where it came from don't know what that's about maybe I'm reincarnated and had a fucking weird ass experience back in the day but literally it's like a weird fear and I'm always like hesitant around people that are fishing because I'm like fuck they're gonna whip that shit back and rip my face off with their fucking hook I don't know so I had I had to talk about it because I was thinking about it the whole time I was watching this scene I was like that's a lot of fishing rods and like chances for my face to get ripped off So Vanessa, she points out that the men don't know an elimination is about to happen and she thinks it will send a message to the other men that you do need to put in effort if you want to stick around. This date looks cute and fun. Good vibes and giggles all around. The girl. So then we go over to the guys villa date and there's girls cartwheeling in over at the guys villa date and they are playing a game of soccer. And I will say this will either go a really well or b really terribly. There's not going to be any in between. Okay, (laughs) it's going to go amazing or an absolute fucking shitstorm. Abby, she says she's super competitive, but doesn't think there is competition here. And I'm not going to lie. She has some footwork. Okay, I played soccer back in the day. She's got some serious footwork. Great, horrible goalie. Get him out of the goal immediately. What are you doing? Um, so then we go back over to the girls' villa, the fishing date, and Caitlin is the girls' villa spokesperson, and the guys seem genuinely surprised and shook up when they find out that an elimination is about to happen. Hall is the guys' villa spokesperson, and same thing. The girls also seem surprised and shook up. Vanessa is asking a single I've never seen before if he's open to falling in love. And he says, absolutely, he's open to love. Like, no shit, he's going to say that. He says when he first walked in, he didn't feel an immediate connection. I put in my notes, is he, is he Australian or am I losing it? I think he's Australian. He says all his past relationships, there was an immediate first spark. And then we find out his name is Christian in the confessional. And he admits, I think they pronounce it Christiane. I don't know, but we're going to say Christian because if it's not Christian, that sounds fucking crazy and I don't want to be that girl. And he admits that he's nervous because it doesn't feel like he has any connections here. He wants a family and wants to settle down. And of course, Vanessa loves to hear that. Griffin is cute as hell. And I'm curious why this man hasn't had more airtime. Okay, because he's cute as fuck. (laughs) Like low key, I'm a little bit down. Not going to lie. 
He tells Caitlin a lot of the guys are after her and he's not sure if she knows that or not. She's giggling. He tells her that he's into her and he really likes the way she carries herself and her confidence. I love how straightforward he's being. He also has a very nice body, as we see in the confessional. He says he hasn't established a love connection yet and he has his eyes on Caitlin and it's been a long time coming that he expresses his feelings for her. And I love everything about that. It was straightforward. It was cute. It was um, wholesome. My kind of guy. Hall is sitting down with Abby. He's keeping it straightforward and transparent and brings up his connection with Michaela right off the bat. And Abby says she loves the connection that he has with Michaela and she's not trying to go against Michaela or anything she just saw potential in Hall and wanted to get to know him and honestly like keep it real honey you just ruined shit with Chris and now you're scrambling so you don't get eliminated because you didn't see an elimination coming okay she admits that she's nervous and that she's probably someone that's going to get eliminated I mean at least she knows you know self-aware queen we love that So now it pans over to Tia and she is thanking Chris for bringing her on the first date. I think because on this group date, they had to pick different people that they would actually spend like one-on-one time with. So Chris picked Tia to spend one-on-one time with. Um, She's worried the guys just see her as a friend and that's it. Chris thinks she's dope and says he probably should have picked her as his first date. And he's just cringe as fuck saying this shit. He's always like kind of giving me the ick. I'm not going to lie. Sorry. I feel bad saying that. But it's true. He's kind of giving me the ick. So now it pans over to Marjorie and she's telling Rob that he should base his decision his decision off of energy and good vibes. And she's be, being and she. Wow, I can't talk. And she's able to bring that. LOL. This whole convincing the men to pick me to stay is really wild. Like I just, I, again, back to me, like being a horrible single and why I think production didn't pick me (laughs) as a surprise single. Cause I just wouldn't do that. Like I could never imagine myself sitting across from a man, like with a camera crew in my face and like being like, okay, here's why you should pick me to stay. Like I'm funny. I have a good heart. Like I'm good vibes. Like I just, no. It's like you either feel a vibe and a connection with me or you don't like I'm not going to like plead my case to you. You know, you are you either see that I'm a bad bitch and a wifey or you don't. And if you don't like that's your bad like that. You're the crazy one, not me. (laughs) You know, like that's my energy. That's really the only way I fucking think. It's like if you don't see like what I bring to the table, like that's on you. Like go get help because you need to open your eyeballs. Like I ain't pleading my case. Um, I, I literally put on my next notes. Like, I don't know how I would handle this. Like, I really don't. It would be weird. I think honestly what I would do, I wouldn't plead my case. If he took me aside, have one-on-one time, I would just spend more time with him. I would just be like, open up, talk about things. Like I would just treat it as if it was any other date. I would pretend like elimination wasn't even happening. So then Marjorie starts talking some shit. She says Nafisa is standoffish and reserved. And this is a direct quote. She's throwing off the whole entire house. Instead of giving advice, she's always attacking everybody. And Rob seems really taken aback and like not pleased with this at all. And um, she tells him he doesn't have to agree. And he says he has to talk it out with the boys. Let's talk about. Oh, in my notes, I put let's talk about the book. Why men love bitches. I have thoughts. So this is something that I actually struggle with. And I'm trying to get better at. So there's this book. It's infamous. It's called Why Men Love Bitches. And because it's true, you know, whenever there's like a mean girl, like, for example, Nafisa, she's obviously the mean girl, the villain in the house. And all the guys are like into her and defending her. 
it's like science and it's something I struggle with because it's not who I am. Like I, I just, I have a big heart and I'm kind and I want to be nice to everyone and empathetic and like, I just want to stay above it. But at the same time, it's like, (laughs) I'm also single as fuck. Okay. And like guys either like friend zone me or they're afraid to like go after me because like they know my past and I just think I need to get a little more bitchy. Okay, I need to be a little more villainous because if I was, maybe I would have a man because men love bitches and that's a fucking fact. And that's why people like Nafisa have all the dudes just like going, going to war for her. Okay, it's like it's science, unfortunately. He wanted to spend, um, oh, this is Rob in the confessional after Marjorie's talking shit to him. He says he wanted to spend one-on-one time with her, but she's spending all the time bashing other women. Yikes. Let's chat queen behavior again. Yeah, so like I just said, just stay above it, which kind of goes against what I was just saying about the whole, like, the book, Why Men Love Bitches. But I think you have to be, like, a bitch in a subtle way, a mean girl in a subtle way, you know? Like, you can't be, like, so just, like, catty and petty and, like, oh, my God, like, I have, like, five minutes with you and I'm going to talk shit about other girls. It's, like, it shouldn't be about anyone else but you in that moment. It should just, like what I said, it should just be you guys, like, spending some last-minute time together for him to get to know you a little better. And you could tell that he got the ick. And he even says, this is not a good look for Marjorie. So now it pans over. We have Vanessa and Bryce chatting. She's been giving him space to explore other connections. And he says he hasn't meant to seem standoffish. And I will say she's been way more likable this episode. And I'm here for it. He says he doesn't necessarily mean he wants to go slower, but they can't be claiming people yet. She disagrees because they are having an elimination and him taking his time is not working in his favor. I put in my fucking notes. I spoke too soon with a little crying emoji face because like low key. I was like, oh, my God, she's so like nice and normal right now and like like understanding. And then she immediately like did a 180. Um. So then she was quoted while you're over there taking baby steps. Other men are putting in big strides. I literally have baby steps tattooed on me and I think like truly I think it's a really healthy way to live life and relationships I think that slow and steady wins the race and I think fast and furious always ends up in flames um but that's just my opinion I think baby steps baby steps will change your whole life for the better you know one step at a time one percent better every day so I I kind of disagree with that but I also understand like the show and the concept and they really don't have like all the fucking time in the world so it is what it is Tammy is glad that Great chose her for this little date and she has given him space to get to know the other girls, but she wants to know what she needs to do to be number one. He says she doesn't need to do anything different, that his approach is what caused the tension. She feels like she brings out the best side of him and she knows outside of this it can be even more... I put, oh dear, girl, you guys, these people forget that they don't really know each other and these people are in freaking relationships. And he does bring up that he's not single and she says that she hopes he gives her a chance and she's trying to reassure him that her feelings are real and she admits she's very nervous that he doesn't feel the same way and he's going to send her home. It sounds like Bryce, Griffin, and Christian are on the chopping block in the girls' villa. Christian's heart is racing. He thinks it's him. I low-key agree. 
and Vanessa is the spokesperson for the girls' villa in this elimination. And she she does she's so good at this. She's so professional about it. And I love it. Every time she does it, she goes like full host vibe. And then damn, it's freaking Griffin. I'm not gonna lie, I did not see that coming at all over Christian. Did not fucking see that coming. And I, I even put on my notes, Caitlin fucked up, or she really likes Mike on the down low. Like it's one or the other. Like she didn't see what Griffin had to offer or she like low key is down for Mike, but hasn't like publicly said it yet. The shot of Griffin sitting alone at the picnic table is freaking hilarious. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Rob announces that there are three contenders in the guys villa for elimination. Those contenders are Tia, Marjorie and Abby. Obviously we saw that coming. I personally think it's between Tia and Marjorie because Abby is good for drama and production ain't going to get rid of anyone that's good for drama. I do think Marjorie fucked up by talking shit um, because she's the one that ends up getting sent home, being sent home. And then she says out loud in front of everyone, this is a direct quote, I don't think I should have been the one leaving because I've been a good friend. I think Nafisa should have left. Whoa. LOL. Nafisa is shook and calls her out like ASAP and Marjorie repeats exactly what she said that she should have left because she's formed no connection even on a friendship level and then Nafisa says I'm sorry you feel that way that they chose you (laughs) lol and I'm not gonna lie I have a little bit of a pet peeve I really hate when people say they aren't upset when they clearly are and Marjorie's kind of doing that a lot in this moment it's like just own it like you're upset and you you should be upset like you just got voted off like any normal person would be upset okay there's no shame in that like just just admit that you're upset you don't have to be like oh my god I'm not upset when you're like holding back tears and then Nafisa says, I've been present with them because they are the most important here. That's what this is about. Honestly, low-key facts. Marjorie says she really doesn't care. But like I was just saying, she clearly does. And Chris then comes to Nafisa's defense. And Marjorie kind of cuts him off, in- interrupts him, and tells the girls, you guys won't have the bond that you guys all had with me like you will with her. Like, bro, it ain't about them. Like, I'm sorry to, like, I don't want to agree with Nafisa right now, but I do. Like, it ain't about the girls and, like, make it's this is in a sorority, like, summer camp. This is, like, you're dating these four men. So it doesn't really matter if you made a connection or, like, you bonded with the girls. Like, it's literally not about them. And then Nafisa cuts her off. Since you want to start calling people out, you talk shit about everybody. You're weird as fuck. Low-key, maybe Vanessa was right about Marjorie saying that she has a stank attitude because this whole thing is, like, honestly really embarrassing. Like, this whole scene is hard to watch. And then Marjorie says she felt like she had to say her thoughts about Nafisa to the group because she's rude and disrespectful and bad vibes and she thinks they will regret sending her home because Nafisa will cause drama. The guys then say it's time to go back to the house and Marjorie says let's go and Nafisa says no you're supposed to stay we're leaving and then she giggles and Marjorie says okay I'm just gonna walk off. Michaela is a good person truly because her face kind of says it all you see her face in the background after Nafisa says that no you're supposed to stay we're leaving 
And I, I did like that because it, both of these girls are assholes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say it. Marjorie and Nafisa, both of you guys are assholes. And Nafisa, like, you literally just proved Marjorie's point. Like, you had a chance right then and an opportunity to stay above it and, like, come out on top and, like, show everyone that you're not everything that she just said you are but then you made this like sly ass comment and giggle and we're like a total mean girl to someone that's clearly upset and in a vulnerable state and you just made an ass out of yourself like mean girls both of you mean girls not cute and honestly like I don't have girls like this in my life like knock on wood like I'm very lucky where all of my friends are like dope ass girls and anyone that was a mean girl is no longer in my life and I've gotten rid of (laughs) but I just couldn't be around girls like this like ew not cute the vibes are not right and then Nafisa says in the confessional okay bitch you feel like I'm rude that's fine your ass is going home you got voted off and then everyone hugs it out so yeah I didn't like that I don't like it when girls are mean to each other plus it's just I think like I said like Nafisa really had such an opportunity to just come out on top right then and just be like okay like you can think that but I'm a I'm a vibe like I'm me I'm confident in myself like I don't need to stoop down to your level and she could have really proved her wrong and then she was just a total fucking asshole <laughs> so sorry not sorry I think that's where I'm going to end this episode because I don't want it to be too long. So in part two, because I'm dropping two episodes this week to make up for taking a week off, I'm going to finish up episode four and do about half of episode five. Okay, you guys. So bear with me. I know that the schedule is a little bit off. We're going to be getting caught up as soon as possible. Pretty soon we'll be right on track with where season five is. Um, So yeah, you guys, tomorrow's episode, you guys are going to hear the rest of my thoughts on episode four and half of episode five. And then hopefully by next week, we'll be all caught up in time for episode seven. So that's it for today. You guys, I love you all. Thank you so much for the continued support. You guys are making my dreams come true. I'm shook. I have so many fun things happening for me and different opportunities coming my way and like I just said it wouldn't be possible without of you without all of you so again please check out my merch site I'm going to be adding up new merch shortly it's temptingmerch.com um go like and follow the podcast on Spotify and Apple please leave a five-star review please leave a review I'm not bribing you guys but if you enjoy the podcast and you would like to leave me a good review I really enjoy them and I'll, I would love to send you a free hat to rock um, I actually wear mine all the time it says tempted and I people always ask about it so if you want a free hat Please leave me a nice comment on Apple Podcasts. Again, I'm not bribing you to any haters listening to this. If you don't enjoy the podcast, you don't need to go leave a review. You know, I'm just asking if you do enjoy it and have time in your week, that would be awesome. And I'll send my a hat to someone that leaves a good one to my favorite review. Um, please follow me on It's Tempting Pod on Instagram and also my personal at Call Me Case. If you have any questions or concerns, it's temptingpod at gmail.com. If you guys would like to donate to the podcast, um, which basically helps me with bringing guests on, with studio time, anything and everything, you guys can click the link in my bio and go to my website and donate to the podcast. So that's about it for today, you guys. I love you all and 
I'll see you next episode. Bye.